Are you a mom launching kids into adulthood? If so, you need to know about my Empty Nest Mom Retreat. It is the gathering for moms who have at least one child over the age of 18 or who have launched them all and have a full empty nest. September 27th through the 29th are the dates, and Cedar Lake Retreat Center in Cedar Lake, Indiana is the place. You can fly into Chicago airports and drive to Cedar Lake in a little over an hour. Come join me. Best Value Registration is available through May 27th, and space is limited to just 100 moms, so don't delay. Check out jillsavage.org slash retreat to register today. When we do things God's way and it goes against what we feel like doing, what our flesh wants to do, it's unhumanable because it's not in our human strength. Welcome to the No More Perfect Podcast, where we talk about the messy, less than perfect, but real stuff of life. My name's Jill Savage, and I'll be your host. I'm so glad you're here. Is there someone in your life that's hard to love? (laughs) Maybe it's your spouse right now. Maybe it's one of your children. Maybe it's your mother-in-law. Maybe it's a coworker a friend, a neighbor. I'm sure we all have people in our lives that are challenging to love. And today I want to help give you some guidance on how to love someone who's unlovable or who's acting unlovable. This came out of my own journey, my own journey when our marriage went through our crisis 10 years ago. And Mark was being unlovable, and I didn't know what to do because, quite frankly, I knew how to love someone who was loving me back. I didn't know how to love someone who wasn't loving me back. And not only that, but they weren't being kind, and they weren't, they weren't treating me well. I didn't know how to love in that kind of an environment. And eventually, uh, God took me in his word to Romans 12 and specifically verses 9 through 21. And I started reading them. I don't even remember how I got there. I don't remember whether it just was in my quiet time and I was just reading in the book of Romans or whether somebody had even told me. I don't remember how I got there. I just remember the day that I read Romans 12, 9 through 21, and I realized that God had just given me my marching orders, that this was how I was to treat my husband, even though he was not treating me in the same way. And man, that was, that was hard. It wasn't what I felt like doing. It wasn't what I wanted to do. I wanted to lash out. I wanted to, you know, to treat him poorly and and to respond in a similar way to to how he was treating me at that point. But God's word was clear. And I was like, all right, Lord, 
I know how to love someone who is loving me, but I don't know how to love someone who isn't showing me love. But you know how to do that because sometimes God loves us when we're unlovable and he can show us how to do that with others. So what I want to do today is I just want to walk you through what I now call unhumanable love. So let me share another story with you. And that was when Mark and I were separated, he he had asked me if I would meet him for dinner on a regular basis. And he was very clear. This is not to reconcile. I have no desire to continue our marriage, but we have five children together and we have to figure out how to have a relationship. And so if you would just meet me every once in a while, I think that's important for communication. Most of my friends, most of my family were telling me, don't do it. They just felt like, I mean, he just wasn't thinking straight and they weren't sure what, you know, what was going to to come of those conversations. But when I prayed, God was saying, nope, I want you to go. So I did. And I tried. I didn't do it perfectly. So don't hear that because there were times I blew it. I lost my cool. My words were anything but godly words. But I will say that I was making huge changes and I was doing my best. I literally would take my Bible with me and I would read it in the car before I would go in and meet Mark at whatever restaurant I was meeting him at. And I would read Romans 12, 9 through 21. And it would it would give me my direction. It would tell me what I needed to do. And so I, I would interact with him in that way as we would talk. And this happened time after time after time until one day he said to me, I don't understand how you have treated are treating me so kindly when I have treated you so poorly. And I said to him, I don't know, Mark, it's unhumanable. And then we both kind of looked at each other and we kind of laughed. He goes, unhumanable. What is that? And I said, I don't know. I just made it up right now. <laughs> and you know, I got, I was thinking about that word later and I was like, unhumanable. When we do things outside of our own strength, when we do things God's way and it goes against what we feel like doing, what our flesh wants to do, it's unhumanable because it's not in our human strength. It's in God's strength. And so I actually came home and I wrote in my Bible. In fact, I will take a picture of it and post it in the show notes for this so that you can actually see. I wrote it in red marker along the side of my, uh, the page of my Bible, key to unhumanable love, Romans 12, 9 through 21. So let's take a look at Romans 12. 9 through 21, and um, see what it is that God tells us about how to love someone who isn't being loving to us. So in verse 9, he says, let love be genuine, abhor what is evil, hold fast to what is good. 
Now, what I started to do with this one is I realized that my thinking about Mark at that point in time was all I was focused on What was what was not good. And so I began to uh, push my thoughts in a different direction. And I started to think about what was good about him. And that helped me to be able to see him in a different light. It wasn't that I was denying the poor choices that he was making at that time. And for those of you that don't know, my our full marriage crisis story is Mark was in a full-on midlife crisis. He had been a pastor for 20 years. And when he left pastoring, it really caused him to spiral emotionally, spiritually, and relationally. It became very, very hard in our marriage. There were things that were unhealthy in our marriage that needed to be addressed, but he was seeing them in, I mean, they were just becoming huge to him, way bigger than probably what they were. He would say that today as well, but he was just an emotional, spiritual mess. And eventually he had an affair and he left. And so it was a very, very, very dark year. So God took me to Romans 12 in the midst of that journey. All right. So, so hold fast to what is good. I began to focus on what I was grateful for with Mark. I began to focus on the good traits that he had, not denying the reality of what was going on, but pushing my thoughts in a direction of gratefulness and being able to have a balance in what I was seeing. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Outdo one another in showing honor. Okay. It doesn't say if someone is showing you honor, then you show them honor. No, it says outdo one another. So as I would go into those conversations, it would be like, Lord, help me to still honor him. Um, Yes, I need to set boundaries. Yes, I need to be honest. Yes, I need to not be in denial, all of those things. But help me to do that in a way that is still honoring. Do not be slothful in zeal, but be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. I had to really take a look at that and go, what am I fervent in right now? I am, and if I was really honest, I was fervent in anger. I was pretty angry. And so I was like, all right, Lord, you're telling me I need to be fervent in spirit. So in your spirit, I obviously we need to be fervent in prayer. And that's part of being fervent in spirit. So I began to recognized that I needed to replace that fervency and anger with being fervent in spirit. Part of what I had to do with that is I had to move my eyes off the mountain and onto the mountain mover, and that would help me to make that transition. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Okay, now there's some marching orders, right? Rejoice in hope. I mean, it is hard when things are dark. Life is difficult. You have a difficult relationship. It is hard to be hopeful. But when we believe that God is always at work, even when we can't see him, that's what fuels our hope. 
We need to be patient in tribulation. Sometimes when we're in the middle of the muddle, it is not easy to be patient. We need to recognize that it is, this is the messy middle. We're not done yet. We're not to the other side of of this yet. The story isn't over yet. So we need to be patient in tribulation and be constant in prayer, talking to God all the time, just having conversations with him, weaving those conversations in and out of our day. Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. Seek to show hospitality. I think a lot of times we think of hospitality as being out, you know, for people outside of our family and outside of our home, but we can have a hospitable heart. And that just simply means it's a welcoming heart. It's a heart that sees people. Hospitality is all about seeing people. It's all about making them feel comfortable. And so sometimes when someone is hard to love, we need to have a hospitable heart with them. And, uh, and what a difference that can make in how they even feel from us. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Oh, this is hard. Now, that doesn't mean that you're not going to have conversations with someone who's safe to figure out what boundaries you need to set or what you need to do different in this relationship to navigate it well, okay? That's healthy. Sometimes we need to ask for help to sort through things. But we have to be careful that we are not speaking cursing words at them, that we are not sitting in judgment Most likely the reason that you have someone who is unlovable in your life is because of what they're going through. Now, they may be pointing their finger at you and saying, hey, you're my problem. But the truth is that you are just one symptom of a bigger problem. You are even a scapegoat in that moment. And so When we have a hospitable heart towards someone that is difficult to love, we have a sensitivity towards their own brokenness. That's a, that is a important lens to see through and they may be pointing the finger at you. And certainly do you need to look at the things that you go, you know what, what do I bring to this party? What do I bring that is unhealthy? And I needed to do that. You know, I often say I did not cause Mark to have an affair, but I did contribute to the dysfunction in our marriage. And I needed to look at that. Maybe it's a a relationship with an in-law that's that's difficult for you, a, a member of your extended family. And you need to ask yourself, what do I bring to the party? Uh, do I have a hospitable heart towards this person? You know, one time I heard someone talk about that our goal as Christians is to be un- offendable, to be unoffendable, that we, that there is nothing that could happen that would offend us because we put things in proper perspective. And I think that we are most unoffendable when we are emotionally healthy and when we have a proper spiritual perspective. And really, That's what Romans 12 is all about. It's kind of about becoming unoffendable. 
Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Okay, that's all about having empathy. And again, that kind of goes to having empathy for someone's brokenness, for their lostness, and being empathetic about that, understanding and maybe even putting yourself in their shoes to better understand probably the reason that they are the way that they are goes way back before you ever entered the picture. So having an understanding of that through through eyes of empathy is important for us. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. So guys here, what this is talking about is it's talking about choosing humility over pride, that we need to choose humility over pride. We got to pay attention to where is pride raising its ugly head, because anytime that there is pride, it's going to get in the way of relationships. So if I'm bringing pride to a relationship, if I am have any type of arrogance or I have any type of judgment of that other person, then it's going to hurt that relationship. And so we need to, we need to use our God tool of humility to root out any pride that's in our heart. All right. I'm now at verse 17 of Romans 12. Repay no one evil for evil but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. Oh my goodness. This is, this is hard, you guys. And it's, it's underlined in my Bible big time. Okay. Because when life is hard, when we're dealing with someone who is hard to deal with, our tendency is to want to kind of start a tit for tat. Okay. Well, you're going to treat me that way. I'm going to treat you this way. And God says, I'm sorry. That's not the way it works in my economy. That's not the that's not what I'm calling you to. I'm actually calling you to operate in a different way. And I want you to think about this. In God's world, his economy is upside down. Okay? He says the first shall be last. He says that if you want to become more, you have to become less. And so it's a real upside down economy for what we're used to in the human experience and the world's messages that are coming our way. So we do, we want to repay evil with evil because we feel like we want, we want to lash out back to that person. But God says, "Uh uh-uh, repay no one evil for evil. But give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. So back to that honorable thing that was way back up in in the early verses uh, that we first read. Outdo one another, showing honor. So we've got honor coming back up again here. Verse eighteen. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. All right, live peaceably with all. Now, again, guys, this isn't about being a doormat. This isn't about not having boundaries because sometimes love is boundaries. I can tell you that, you know, we've had some 
challenges with extended family over our 37 years of marriage. And in that, we had to show honor while at the same time setting boundaries with how much time we would spend with those those people, those particular persons. And so we could we could set boundaries but still show honor. And that's really where that fine line uh, comes in. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God. For it is written, vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. So God's saying, hey, I'm your defender. Let me, let me do that. Don't feel like you have to get even. Don't feel like you have to get back at this person. To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. For by doing so, you will heap burning coals on his head. Now, I'll tell you what, when I was first reading this, I was paying attention to if he's thirsty, give him something to drink. If he's hungry, feed him. Okay. So I'm looking at that going, okay. So you're just, again, it's back to honor, right? And so I was trying to, to live that out, but that whole heat burning coals on his head, I didn't really understand. And I wasn't paying any attention to, but after Mark came home, I was sharing with him about Romans 12 and I read it to him. And as I got down to that part and I read that, he said, that's what you did. And I said, what do you mean? And he said, you heaped burning coals on my head. I said, what? I don't even understand what that part of the verse means. And he said, you treated me better than I deserve to be treated. I knew that deep down. I knew that. And your love was changing me from the inside out. Guys, that's why unhumanable love is so very important. Not only is it doing life God's way, but it is a change maker in people's hearts. And God's word tells us that here. And then he closes out Romans 12 with these words, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Mm, that really sums it up, right? That sums it up. And so you can see how these verses, this direction from God's word is something that we can hang our hats on. And I don't know who your hard to love person is, but I know you've probably got someone. And I want to encourage you that before you interact with them, I want to encourage you that you read Romans 12, 9 through 21. If you live with that person, I want to encourage you that you read this daily, morning and night, and multiple times throughout the day if needed. Listen to it on uh, the Bible app. Take it in in any way that you can so it soaks into your soul. Because this is direction for difficult situations. And the other thing I want to encourage you to do 
You may be listening to this podcast as you're walking. You may not be looking at a Bible while we're talking. And I want to encourage you to go and get a Bible and to read it. And I want to also encourage you to personalize it. Personalize the scripture. So as you're reading through it, put your name in there, particularly when it is a direct marching order. Okay. Put your name in there. So, you know, for instance, verse 10, the second half of verse 10, you might put your name and then put the person's name in there that's hard to love. So in my case, back then when it was, I was using this verse specifically for my, my husband, I would, I read it and said, and because the verse says outdo one another in showing honor. So I personalized that Jill outdo one another in showing honor to Mark. So outdo yourself in showing honor to Mark. All right. So that was my personalized marching order. All right. Another one that you might do that with verse 14, Jill, bless those who persecute you. Jill, bless Mark, even while he's persecuting you. Bless and do not curse him. So personalize it. Put your mother-in-law's name in there. Put your sister-in-law's name in there. Put your child that is hard to love in there. Put your own name in there. Whoever it is, personalize that so that it brings that scripture alive for you and it truly gives you your marching orders for that relationship. I hope you found this helpful. I hope that you have found it helpful to see how God's word guides us and leads us and gives us direction. And I know we all have people in our lives that are difficult to love. I'm releasing this. I don't know when you're going to be listening to it, but I'm releasing it right around the holiday season because oftentimes that's when we have to interact with some of our unlovable people and some of our hard to love people. And so, you know, you can use this in a very practical way anytime you interact with that person. God's word is alive and it has huge amounts of direction for our life. Let's stay in it. By the way, did you know that I have a VIP email list? I bring encouragement by email most Saturday mornings. I'd love for you to be on that. If you're not already on my VIP list, head over to jillsavage.org slash subscribe so we can stay in touch that way. Thanks for joining me today on the No More Perfect Podcast. If you haven't already, make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any future conversations. You can find the show notes and links to anything we talked about over at jillsavage.org slash podcast. See you next week for another not perfect, but very important conversation about the real stuff of life.